is everyone doing today? 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com nominated for eight 2023 Intercollegiate Broadcasting System College Media Awards, including Best Morning Show for Wake Up Rider and Best College Radio Station in the Country. Welcome, everyone. We're in games from the dorm. You were hopefully here last week. I hope. I'm David Kessler. I talk about video games. We're analyzing the good, the bad, what I'm playing, what I played. And today, we're talking about a game called Resident Evil 2. I don't know why it's called that, because there was already a Resident Evil 2. I don't like when movies do that. When there's like a remake or something, they got to add words to know what I'm talking about. By the way, like in 15 or so minutes, we got Orion coming in. You guys don't know who Orion is. You guys better act like you know who Orion is, because... He is going to see it as disrespectful if you don't give him a welcoming. Before he comes in, though, I'm going to give a little intro about why I'm talking about the game, what the game is, what's going on here. So Resident Evil 2, the original game, came out on the original PlayStation 1 in 1998. It was a horror video game, which was kind of not seen at the time. There was that. There was uh, Silent Hill. And there was, you know, like Clock Tower and, you know, games, you know, on like SNES and stuff. But this was like real 3D survival horror. Survival horror, I need to make a uh, a show one time talking about genres because video game genres make no sense. Survival horror is basically a game designed to be horror, but there's survival. So you basically collect items, you try to escape an area while fighting off monsters or fighting off creatures of some kind. And it relies a lot on uh, puzzling and figuring out where to go. I looked up before this, I looked up non-survival horror games. There was like 15 on a list. I did not know a single one of them. I don't know why people decided to make survival horror games. I feel like if they made a, you know, a Mario Kart that was horror based, that would be pretty cool. But this is what we have. I like survival horror. I've played a bunch of Resident Evil games now. This was, I think, no, I think I played Resident Evil 7 first, then I played this one, and then I've just been going through this series, and now it's one of my favorite franchises in gaming. I played 4, I played uh, Resident Evil 1 remake, but today we're talking about Resident Evil 2 because I just played it again with Orion. Um, I've never played the original Resident Evil 2, I've just played the remake, Uh, I've heard that this game cuts out a lot of stuff from the original game, but you know what? I don't care. This game's great. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I've never played the original. I can't judge it based off of that. This new one is basically a completely different game, although the story's the same and, you know, gameplay still involves collecting items and puzzling. It removed the tank controls in the original game. Tank controls, you don't really see it in video games anymore. It's basically... um, Today, in most video games, if you in a 3D space, if you move, you just kind of move the stick around and your character follows. But in these games, if you move forward, you can do that. But if you move to the side, you got to first move your stick to the side and then move your stick forward. So it works very differently. Uh, but a lot of people don't like that. And that's not in the remake. So I don't need to talk about it anymore. Uh, the original also had a really limited camera. And, you know, this is a full... Triple uh, A 3D game made by Capcom. I probably sure said that. I love Capcom now. Street Fighter, Resident Evil. They make great games. Um, 
I've played the game twice before. I'm going to talk about why that is exactly. This game is structured very weird. It offers a lot of replayability. And now I said to Orion, you know what? Uh, I think you would like this. So first we played Resident Evil 7, and then we played this game. And he really liked it, so he's going to come in and, you know, maybe share some tidbits about what he thought. Let's talk about the story in this game. So there's a zombie outbreak. Uh, It's pretty pretty common for horror games. Uh, There's a bunch more to get into it involving, you know, viruses and secret underground labs. But in general, there's a zombie invasion and you got to escape it. Uh, You are put into a police station and you got to escape the police station at first. That's where a bulk of the game takes place is this police station. This may be my favorite hub area i get it's not really like a you know my favorite area in a game um it is incredible how well it's done it is a museum that was turned into a police station uh i don't know who came up with this idea this may be the greatest idea ever so they can just get super weird with all the rooms and all the areas you can explore going again on the story there's not much of it, honestly, which I'm fine with. I talked with uh, about Metal Gear Solid last week, the optional codec conversations. Resident Evil is much the same with optional documents. The story is not really, you know, like fed into you with cutscenes. There are not many cutscenes. And if there are, it's really just, you know, animations of items moving or your character just saying a few lines. Um, most of the story is told through these optional documents, which you know, I think is fun. I think it's cool. If you're not really a story guy, you don't need to, you know, sift through a bunch of cutscenes. It just, if you want to read these, you can. Um, So you play as one of two characters, which this was the same in 1998. Kind of crazy that you have a choice right before you even start the game, what character you want to do. There was this guy named Leon, who, even though he's only been in a few Resident Evil games, uh, Resident Evil, their main protagonist kind of switches a lot between games. He's been in a few of them. I think Leon is the fan favorite. He is in this game. He is day one of being a police officer and the zombie outbreak happens, which is hilarious. Um, you can either pick him or you could pick Claire. Claire is a college student and the sister of uh, Chris, who was in Resident Evil 1. And honestly, they don't have a lot to say. Um, Claire... Oh, by the way, I played both Leon and Claire. Um, Orion just chose Claire because he thought the motorcycle was cool, which is hilarious because you never see the motorcycle again. Uh, They really just like react to zombies around them and they curse and they yell at the zombies and they don't have much story of their own, which I can kind of see being a downside, but, you know, I think it works. Um, I think... There's the whole thing in storytelling of your main protagonist doesn't need to have a lot of personality if you intend to make them like the player or like the reader or the audience. Um, So you're kind of put into the shoes of Claire in this situation. Um, The story may be the weakest part of the game. It's very weird how it's done. So like I said, you can either play as Leon or Claire, uh, but each have an A scenario and each have a b scenario so if you want the true truest ending of the game like as much done as you can you gotta play the game four times which 
is weird. Um, the canon version of the game, like which in Resident Evil, which um, you know storylines actually happen? Is it Leon A to Claire B or Claire A to Leon B? I have no idea. It's a huge mess. I've tried to look it up before and make zero sense. Uh, after playing Resident Evil 1, there's like 30 endings in that game. None of them are canon. So I kind of don't worry about it. I kind of just have fun. Um, what's supposed to be going on is while Orion and I were playing as Claire, Leon right before or right after was doing the same things as Claire. So the game doesn't really want you to worry about you know, what's like actually going on behind the scenes. Um, while you're playing as Claire, we didn't get on this playthrough, but there's a document in the game written by Leon that's just like, Claire, there are zombies here, which is amazing because, you know, you're like 16, not 16, this game's short. You're like a couple hours in and you're supposed to not know that there are zombies here. So that's very funny. Oh my God, we have Orion in here. Orion, Orion's coming in, guys. Orion, how are you doing? You guys can't hear him because he doesn't have the mic on yet. Um, Orion, where am I sitting? You're sitting over there. You're sitting across from me. Right. You're gonna put those headphones on. I'm gonna turn on your mic. So, Orion, I just talked about kind of the story of the game. I'm turning on your mic now. Orion, talk into the mic. Let's all hear your beautiful voice. The people at home. My chair is way too high. Man's chair is way too high. That's not good. So I just talked about kind of the premise, how this was a, an old game and now it's a remake and how, uh, you know, there's zombies. And now I'm getting into more of the story. It feels kind of unfinished about how Leon and Claire meet up once in the middle of the game, once in the beginning, once at the end. Oh, okay. So you're talking about just like the random points in time that the yeah. two just interact. So... It's very odd. So you, the game is around eight hours-ish. You start the game, Leon and Claire meet each other. You play, like, three hours. They meet each other again. You play, like, three hours. They meet each other again. There's, it's, it's so weird. You can just take out the cutscenes. I don't even know why they did it this way. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think it was... I don't even know if it was a choice. It kind of seems unfinished because... In the original game, I know they communicate with each other a lot more. Like through uh, the radio, right? Or whatever it is. I don't even know. Radio, yeah. phone, whatever. And it's 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 funny. <laughs> this game has a lot of, uh, f not a lot, has a few flaws that right. kind of add to the experience. It's a funny game. So you're just playing a bit, and then Leon just comes in, and Claire acts like she knows Leon for like 40 years. And you're like, Claire, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, so the the playthrough that uh, I actually did with you, I played the Claire round. I already right? said that. Yeah, well, I already right. said that. All right, well, I I haven't been here for like the past fifteen minutes, so well, it sucks for you. It does. Okay, so you know the the Claire run through that I did, it was like she comes down this ladder, and Leon is on the other side of this fence, and obviously, I think if you play through the Leon route, like there's more explanation of like how they interact you played the you played both routes so like what is the opposite end of that perspective because it feels very like you mean at the gate yeah it feels very random um there's one cool thing about uh so i'll get into this now just quickly um whether you're playing with leon and claire i said the story is not a big difference but there are some rooms you can access with both so leon behind the gate you access so it's kind of one of the only places outside of the police station 
that you can see. It's it's not that cool. It's just like a hallway and an extra room with like a you know a save point and a box in it. But you just meet up with Claire, and then um, I forget from there. <laughs> it just feels I, I forget. Very I don't even remember if you go through that gate. Yeah, it feels random. It's it's basically like I feel maybe the writers because like I'm a very big like story advocate but i feel like the writers had something more planned for that interaction on both ends because it was just you know like just like what you said like two minutes ago it's it it felt like it was it's it's just random because it's like you play three hours you meet the two meet again you play three hours the two meet again it's have you gotten to like towards the end where they meet again? It's so it's that <laughs> I haven't that, got, that was the funniest thing. Okay, yeah. so like I said, there are, if you play both Leon and Claire, that's the only way you can get the true ending to the game. I'm gonna spoil it. It's just kind of like an extra boss fight and a funny cutscene, but it's kind of dumb that you gotta play the game twice, twice. over. The even though there are differences between Leon and Claire, they're very similar. Right. Um, you got to play it twice to get the true ending. So at the end, we were playing, and what's supposed to happen is that uh, the whole thing happens, and all of a sudden, Leon comes in through a device, and he goes, Claire, you're here? And it's like, Leon, where have you been? You're supposed to save me these past eight hours. Um, <laughs> and uh, you board this train, and all of a sudden, you know, you do whatever Resident Evil stuff, and then Leon comes in, and he says, hi, and then the game ends. Yeah, um, it, it we made so it even funnier. We, it's very <laughs> awkward. So what we did, there's a, a free <laughs> DLC thing that came out um, a little after the game released uh, where you can play as Leon or Claire in their 1998 outfits. So, <laughs> so it's very funny. I, games have been doing this recently. Uh, I know Mario Odyssey had a Mario 64 outfit. It's just like for nostalgia purposes. So in the settings, <laughs> like a day before we finished the game as a joke, I switched Leon's outfit. And because, we completely forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, because we play as Claire. You never see Leon, really. Right. right. So there's a cutscene with Leon um, on the technology thing, and Leon was not in his 1998 right, outfit so just because of the normal. way the cutscene was like yeah. rendered or something right i think it was like maybe the uh like the video camera it was like its own like recording yeah it was like recorded the other the end game cutscene was like a real-time cutscene or something right. and the other one was made pre-recorded yeah yeah um and then leon emerges from the door and he goes hi and he looks <laughs> right out of 1998 and he's his shoulders are all polygonal and it was the funniest thing I think we experienced. Um, it, it, but it was even worse because he's been absent for like 99% of the game. He's supposed, he to be the poli- he's supposed to be the police officer and Claire's just a random schoolgirl. She, she just, he just shows up out of nowhere. Like, where where have you been? And, oh, hi, I'm on the train now. He's been doing his own thing, dude. <laughs> You're, you don't even know yet. He's got a whole other thing. Um it's crazy. Okay. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. So like I said, this game has some flaws, but dude, I, I kind of like that. There, it makes it interesting to talk about. Well, I mean, it was made in like 1998, right? And this nope. remaster was... This game was 2019. No, I'm saying the original was made yeah. in 1998. And it did a better job. It, <laughs> well, I think because you showed me a little bit of footage of like how the camera angles were different. So, yeah. So like... I don't know. I feel like it would have been like a whole different play style if they would have just went one to one with the 1998 like play style. Right. Well, I played uh, Resident Evil one remake that has the tank controls that has the fixed camera angles that yeah. has the 
By the way, um, remember when you did uh, hardcore at the beginning? So Orion <laughs> tried to be a funny guy and picked hardcore. Throughout the playthrough, I let Orion do whatever he wanted. Even at the beginning, there's a gas station. You just kept going out of, like, there's a street that you're not supposed to go to. And Claire goes, oh, I got to go back. You did that, like, three times in a row, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't say anything. I The one thing I told you immediately, don't pick hardcore, just because it's less fun. He hardcore, said don't pick hardcore, yeah, and I so immediately I scrolled up, down hardcore. I, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was looking it up. Um, uh, the <laughs> Hardcore, so the enemies are harder. Um, there's one other thing, and something else is you have limited number of saves. Yeah, I don't remember if I told you this. No, you did. You did. Yeah, tell me that. It's, you have it's to like get five ribbons, saves. just like in the original Resident Evil Two had it. Yeah, uh, which is <laughs> it's, it's uh, also in Resident Evil One. I'm I need to make a show about that once. It's um. It's interesting. It's a whole. Di- it makes the game like a whole different experience. Like that that zombie in the gas station. I hit him in the head like yeah, five <laughs> times, and he just like got back up like unscathed. It was crazy. <laughs> we, we're gonna get into that. We're gonna have a break now. We're gonna have a commercial break after the commercial break. We're gonna get into the zombies are unkillable. <laughs> Speaking about the commercial break, make cupcakes arrive, not war. Now through February 24th, enter 1077 The Bronx Dessert Wars Cupcake Fights to win over $1,000 prizes, including a $300 Visa gift card for creating the best tasting cupcake on campus. What's your best tasting cupcake? I can't even eat cupcakes. I got celiac. <laughs> 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 Go to 1077thefrog.com cupcake fights for details. We'll be back with Games for the Dorm after these underwriting announcements on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. February is Black History Month, and 1077 The Bronx is celebrating with milestones in African-American history daily audio features written and produced by Taylor Tunstall, acknowledging and commemorating little-known but important achievements by African-Americans that impacted our culture. Listen every hour, all month long, on The Bronx. Welcome back to Games from the Dorm on 1077 The Bronx and 1077 The Bronx. Dot com. Oh, Ryan, we're talking about the zombies now. There's a lot of them. Uh, you there also get a lot around. of ammo in normal mode. What did you do throughout the entire game? <laughs> okay. So, you know, I after getting absolutely demolished in hardcore mode, I'm, I was way too uh, full of myself. I was like, oh, hardcore mode. Don't worry. This is going to be a piece of cake. I couldn't get past the first enemy of the entire game. It is... If you ever play Resident Evil 2 Remake, don't choose hardcore Okay, mode. you're over-exaggerating. It you is, tried no. once and I told you not to do it. No, no, no. Listen, the first enemy is crazy. And you go to normal mode and it's like, it feels just as hard. Yeah. It's like, it's it's crazy. So this game is very easy. You agree with that, right? You died uh, only a couple times. It's easy once you get the game Correct. mechanics it's down. It's easy but, Once you get the game mechanics. But right. zombies um, are made of metal. <laughs> and you yeah. can't kill metal. So you can kill these. It they takes are a sponge. Ten, they are a sponge. It like takes 10 headshots. That is purposeful. They made that so it's survival horror. You're not supposed to kill every zombie you meet. Um, again, I'm just going to compare again to Resident Evil 1. I played that game on normal mode. You are given extremely little ammo. It's like the perfect amount. It's so little. You were given so much ammo in this game on normal mode, and so you just killed all them. And that's fine. The game lets you do that. 
Uh, it was kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> you just like headshotting them. Usually you're supposed to, you know, maybe hit their leg. Also, I kept telling you to hit their legs, but you have to hit their legs like as much as you hit their head for them to right. go down. So it's like there's no reason to like go after their legs or their arms. Like if you're going to use 12 ammunition to hit their uh to hit their legs and it's going to cost you 10 to hit their head like why would you go after their legs at that point and they're stumbling around like it's hard to hit them when they're moving anyway so like why would you even try and hit their limbs that are even harder to hit in my opinion and if you kill a zombie he's out but if you keep one alive he's just roaming the hall forever right so it was like you know if you're playing the game more casually like absolutely i would recommend just just flatten the zombie it's no there is no reason to spend more effort trying to dodge him later on than just getting rid of him yeah yeah it's it's way too much effort yeah (laughs) yeah uh i mean i like that they're sponges because it's the whole thing about survival horror but they were too spongy yeah no you can talk okay. about this for five minutes claire's about how got, they're a sponge claire's got weak weapons leon has like a shotgun and i guess spoiler alert though. for you leon has a flamethrower i don't know i like that i like the one with the laser sight the laser sight is very nice i leon gets that one too right so i don't, know. I don't remember <laughs> you're the, you're i don't remember you're the specific Evil weapons 2 expert no, come I'm on not. i i don't remember the specific weapons no, but um, I, what I do like about the game, and this this has to do with like the weapons that you get, is the crafting system. The crafting system I actually do really like because it rewards you for doing more than just going along with like, you know, getting the main items that you need to progress yeah. to the so story. I like that the main items are usually found in like easy or obvious places right. like with the puzzles except we'll talk now about that one gear so when i played this game <laughs> i had a lot of patience well yeah i get eh, i had a i didn't have a lot of patience but i needed to uh i like at one point i got lost on my first playthrough with leon i was searching for like three hours for an item or you gotta you gotta learn the map in this game. Uh, yeah, you you searched thirty minutes for a gear, and it was the funniest thing. It was literally in the room the entire time, and <laughs> I was just sitting by there. it. Yeah, five times. So I like that. For the most part, uh, the easy to find items are the mandatory ones, and right. the optional items are hidden in safes or these portable safes or in like locks that you need key like the letters to open. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's cool. You can go out of your way to get a a lot. And there's a lot of optional stuff, health items. Um, you can get attachments for your guns. You can get extra weapons. Right. Yeah. No. Um, something I will say about the items, especially the ones that were like, you know, main storyline oriented. I didn't like the fact that in this game, uh, I played I played a different Resident Evil game, but in this one specifically, if you looked at the item when you were finished with it, like there was no other uses for it, there would be a little checkbox at the bottom right of the item. And I didn't notice that at first until uh, David pointed it out. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, but I actually really disliked that because it removed the whole like aspect of trying to figure out what items go to what. So like... And this is more just like uh, challenging the player in in a more uh, way. But, you know, imagine you're having like this 
this item that takes up two inventory slots and you've been lugging it around for the entire game and you realize that you're not like using it for anything it adds the aspect of like mystery as to like this key goes here this key goes here and it just kind of like i i felt like it held your hand with that checkbox i think you need to play resident evil one dude <laughs> <laughs> See, it doesn't do anything like that oh yeah um, resident evil one this it's, game, it doesn't hold your hand at all does yeah, it yeah no, it's the exact <laughs> opposite uh yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a huge... Whoa, you got the chair lower. Yo, Let's go. I got the chair. All right, um, there we go. I don't think it's a huge deal, but I agree with you. It removes a little bit of the whole inventory management system. Um, another thing it does, the map is extremely detailed, which I, I really like. Yeah. I like getting lost and using the map and figuring out where to go, <laughs> but... Sometimes maybe it does a bit too much. It shows all items you encounter on the map. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, I think if it showed mandatory items, maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to think about. Because, like, that gear, that was annoying for you that didn't show it on the map. Cause yeah, you didn't no, please I, I get the idea of, uh, like, I don't know. I actually, I, I think that that is less so because... Uh, how it worked was is I passed by that gear. I never saw it once, so it never marked it on the map. But actually, like... Uh, if you see it, then it does mark Right, it. yeah, and I mm. feel like from an immersion standpoint, like, imagine, like, you have that map in your hand and, like, you know, all your pockets are full of freaking green green herbs that you've been lugging around for the entire entirety of this uh, this run. But, you know, in this case, I feel like immersion-wise, like... I can imagine myself like marking down, okay, there's some gunpowder here. There's some, uh, there's some more healing medicine here. I can imagine that. Yeah. So I know when, uh, people, I just, I read somewhere, you know, when people originally played the original Resident Evil games that, you know, had less detailed maps, they would draw a map on paper to help right. that. So yeah. it's, it's basically that, but yeah, in the game. so I could, I could absolutely see the, uh, you know, the idea of like marking down like what items that you saw in a room. But uh, like I said, with that checkbox, I just feel like it, it really removes the whole immersion because you it didn't know, remove the whole thing. It didn't remove the entire you immersion. Exact. It, it was I, I, I might slight. be exaggerating a little bit, but I still I'm, pick, I, was, but I, agree. I was still annoyed by it. Yeah. What should we talk about next? You want to talk about Let's talk about the herbs quickly, just for a minute. Herb, <laughs> you said herbs. Herbs in Resident Evil are the stuff that heal you. I think that the green herbs, to, to which just heal you, heal some of your health when you get hit, gave you the perfect amount. Not too many, not too little. Yeah, um, yeah. And there are red herbs, which don't do anything on their own. But if you can, if you combine them with a green herb, heals all all health right yeah i don't know why you had like quadruple the amount of red herbs than i did any others or blue we're gonna talk blue, about blue. i had a little bit more yeah. than green so i don't get yeah. the point of that and there were so many blue and blue uh if you combine it with green maybe yeah. and red i don't know gives you like um a defense up which is cool yeah. but their main purpose or what i think that they wanted the main purpose to be is poison resistance and there's one, there's one enemy in the entire game, one group of enemy <laughs> that deals poison to you, and it's at the very end. So it's funny because if you don't have red or green, then the blue is literally useless. It's literally one section it's, in the entire game that the enemy does poison damage to you, and it does nothing else. Like, it's... it's 
<laughs> it is the most pathetic monster I have ever seen in a no, game. No, because I no, that was the thing. I was scared of it, but when it would grab you, all it does is it just poisons you a bit and then it lets you go. That's it. It throws up on you a bit. It, that's all it does though. You just take a blue herb, boom, you're fun. Yeah. And that's that's all it done. That's all it did the entire the entire run through. I was like terrified to get near it at first, and I was just like, oh, now it's just a pest. Okay. Gonna talk a bit about the enemies. The enemies and I, the bosses. The bosses slash enemies. Okay, the boss fights, in my opinion, very obnoxious. Much better than Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> yeah, I would say much better than Resident Evil Seven, but they're still very obnoxious. Uh, the whole like, uh, I'm not gonna try and spoil it too much. I know that David's already spoiled enough for you. You can but, uh, spoil. What are you <laughs> to spoil? This is for us to spoil. Okay, okay. But what I'm going to say is, when you're trying to defeat this boss, most of them have like uh, a feature where you have to hit like certain points on their body and you know like a lot of games do that where it's like crit <laughs> points but it, it's like it's so it's exaggerated. so impossible uh. to hit those spots it's like it, it was like one on his arm that's like super easy to hit which it's fight like, are okay. you talking about i'm talking about all of them all of them have like you have to hit the eyeballs in order to like pop them right yeah and it's like most of them are like okay to hit right like it's still a challenge because the enemies are like wobbling around and mm. trying to hit you but like there's certain points where it's like it's behind his neck and the only way to hit him is when he's faced one direction and maybe that's just because like i'm a big complainer but like it felt way too obnoxious to just hit this one specific point and it was i don't know you gotta use sub weapons man so yeah there, there are sub weapons uh, there is flash grenade, normal grenade knives. If you like throw a flash grenade, you just waddle behind him. But I, I get what you mean. I remember in Resident Evil Seven, there was uh one, maybe the last fight with Jack, and it, there you trying to find an eyeball on his body. It was for like on his 10 foot. Minutes. It was on <laughs> his foot, and you couldn't find him because of the camera. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, the boss fights, I wouldn't say they're bad. They're no, just No, me neither. Annoying. I think they're all right. They're I'm just annoying. I don't think times. they're annoying. Okay, well, that, I that's think they're percent. all right. I don't think they're, yeah. um, they don't make or break the game. They're all right. No, no, of course not. I'm just saying, personally, the boss fights can get annoying sometimes trying to just hit those one specific spot. Mm. That's it. So, I honestly, I think all the Resident Evil games I've played... I don't like any of the bosses, except for Resident Evil 8. Resident Evil 8, I think, has really good bosses, just the way that the gameplay is in that game. Okay. But, like, Resident Evil 4, everybody's favorite Resident Evil, most of the bosses I didn't like. Resident Evil 1, I didn't like any of them. Uh, This game, I think they're eh. Yeah. Resident Evil, man, story, bosses, it's got some flaws throughout the series I've been noticing. I don't know. I feel like... uh I feel like the bosses in Resident Evil, I wouldn't even say, like, that's the main focus. I think Resident Evil as a game franchise is very story-oriented. and I Disagree told, completely. Okay, well, I think they are. They're puzzle and story-oriented. Puzzle. Yeah, puzzle and story-oriented. Because We just I mean, talked about how the story sucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this game's story sucks. I'm saying, like, we're not talking about, you know... Uh, it was it was six, right? That I played. No, no seven. seven. I always say it's six. Okay, the game seven had a really great story, right? This you, game, you think? I thought. Seven I disagree. Okay, well, I thought seven had an excellent story. Excellent. Yes, an excellent story. I 
the characters I thought were great. The Seven. only character I didn't like was uh, what? What was the the main character's wife? Margaret. Whatever her name With was, I hated her. Whatever her name was, it, it, she was like taking care of the child before the event. She was like babysitting. Oh, are you? T- oh, the me. Oh, yeah, Mia. Yeah, Mia. Yeah, Mia I hated Mia. <laughs> no, from the beginning, like of playing Resident Evil Seven, I was just like, I don't like this woman already. Like, and I was completely in the right to do so. And I even like there's there's a massive choice in the end. I'm not going to spoil what. Spoil. I'm not going to spoil. But kill her or don't kill her, basically. <laughs> it kind of. It was you you chose between her and another person, and I chose the other person immediately. <laughs> I was like, Orion, think about it. You've been with Mia the whole game. And, and I clicked instantly- it immediately. <laughs> I instantly locked it in. But the thing is, it, back to the central point I was making, I think that Resident Evil and this is only the second game in their franchise. They had to, they recycled the same story because it was from the original 1998 game. But I think that it had yeah. a really good story once you broke everything down. But I also had a di- I, I my first route playing through was Claire's. The only issue I had was like the random meetups between the the characters. I think story is a weird word because it can be broken down into like 40 different sections. The atmosphere, I guess, is a part of this story. Like, incredible. This game, yeah, atmosphere is so good. I'm going to get into that more. Yeah, I know. The wait. characters I talked about before you came, they're right. kind of like placeholders for you, kind of, but they look, they're good models, they're good animations, yeah. they're, they're interesting enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when you're playing as Claire, she, she has the funniest. No, she has the funniest uh, like interactions when like a zombie will get up. She'll be like, seriously, yeah. and it's just so funny because you know the game is supposed to be like scary and like make everything tense, and then you just hear Claire going like, seriously, and it's just it it makes me burst out laughing because like it's it's so funny because you have like this massive horde of like five or six zombies coming at you and that might not seem like a lot but in resident evil that feels like an army is marching after yeah. you and it's, it's she's just like oh no and I'm like, <laughs> that's your reaction like okay so so i think this game can deviate a bit into funny um i know Sometimes the notes, the documents you find, because they're kind of, it's hard to write them, I think. Yeah. Because they're out of context. You just pick up a document and got to learn this whole new story. And a lot of times they're like, oh, zombie eating me. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Um, We're going to talk about the tyrant. So this game, I said, some parts are not that scary. Uh, The tyrant was scary. uh, Maybe my favorite character in any game and my favorite mechanic in any game. Um, (laughs) This makes the game. Yeah. If this was not here, this game would be all right. So I this, wouldn't say he made the game, but he definitely had his moments so to play through. You learn about the map. You learn about how the game works. You're a couple hours in. You're like, I got this. It, maybe it's starting to get a bit boring, the same hallways, right? Yeah. You, at least in the A playthrough, because B, he shows up at a different point. In the A playthrough, you uh, there's fire and you extinguish the fire and... This guy comes out and he lifts up the helicopter. And okay, you got to give context to the helicopter. There is this point in a hallway where a helicopter crashes through, and you cannot access that point. Yeah. So you spend about like a good hour trying to figure out how to like remove this blockade, right? 
and then you finally like extinguish the fire and you're like okay maybe like i can get something from that helicopter no you (laughs) enter that hallway and this seven foot tall dude just lifts up a helicopter i'm gonna look up now how tall he is he's he's massive and it's out of like nowhere so like at first i was just like what the heck is this guy you're correct seven feet yeah he's freaking tall and he he just starts walking towards you and and you know context clues you're like yeah i should not stick around so, I, th- I that is one of the main thing i want to talk about what do you mean by that when you say context clues you any zombie you saw in the entire game any zombie any there are dog zombies any boss yeah you the way that you were playing immediately shot at them yeah why didn't you shoot at this guy you think I didn't shoot at him because I was freaking like, honestly, bro, I was scared. So I, was I watch, like, I watch react. This is like a famous part. I watch reactions online. I have not seen a single person shoot at him. Not maybe, a single one. Well, they, they go out of the room and then maybe they try shooting at him. But yeah, right but it's when not you see like him, you draw the gun immediately. Correct. And I honestly, okay, so like you can't see him right now but like if you go and look up a picture of the tyrant he's in this hat and this cloak so like honestly so the point is this uh this company that's kind of i don't need to get into it but behind the the zombies right yeah they send in this this tyrant who's called the fans call him mr x that's not official but that's everybody knows him by mr x don't know why they sent him in to kill all witnesses which is claire yeah. Um, and they or made Leon. him, yeah. And they made him, I guess, look like a human, because like in Resident Evil One, he looked completely like a monster. So they made him wear like a trench coat and like a fedora, and it's the and these big boots, and it's the funniest thing. Yeah. So like maybe I'm thinking like, you know, I obviously can't remember exactly the reason why. Uh, but maybe like the first reaction is like, oh, maybe that's just like a big dude. No, that thing wants to kill you. Like he, he and it's so funny because this guy like walks so slowly, but it's just the most intimidating thing ever when like you look down a hallway and you just see him turn a corner and he just starts walking towards you. Like, what do you? <laughs> and and shooting him doesn't even do anything. Like he just he just you can eats shoot bullets. his hat off. Yeah, you shot. <laughs> I shot his hat off. And he gets angry and he starts running faster, yeah. walking faster. Yeah, but he never runs at you, which is like really funny. So it's he's like, funny, but so I'm gonna tell you one thing. Uh, after the break, we got another break. Speaking about the break again, make cupcakes, not war, Ryan. Now through February 24th, enter 1077 The Bronx Dessert Wars Cupcake Fights to win over $1,000 prizes, including a $300 Visa gift card for creating the best tasting cupcake on campus. Go to 1077thebronc.com slash cupcake fights for details. We'll be back with games from the dorm after these underwriting announcements on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. February is Black History Month, and 1077 The Bronx is celebrating with milestones in African-American history daily audio features written and produced by Taylor Tunstall, acknowledging and commemorating little-known but important achievements by African-Americans that impacted our culture. Listen every hour, all month long on The Bronx. Welcome back to Games from the Dorm on 1077 The Bronx slash 1077thebronc.com. I'm going back into Mr. X, this, this stalker. 
By the way, <laughs> the there, stalker. there's a stalker. Uh, what I mean by that is no matter most zombies in this game can't go through doors. They or some doors or they're slow. Yeah. Um, this guy goes through almost every door in the game. Okay, so not only that, you get this main central area that's like the safe room for about 50% of the game, right? And then Mr. X comes along, and this room is no longer safe. Like, you might not have any zombies there, but he shows up. So it's like, uh, my first run through, I was like, isn't this the safe room? Nope, not anymore. And, uh, yeah, so he he shows up, and that room is no longer safe for the rest of the game. I just want to talk. He completely changes the entire game. Now, if you want to do optional stuff like quickly finding you know new health items, quickly opening safes, you can't do that. You can only do that if you really prioritized your routes throughout the police station. Um, if there are these lickers in the game that you got to slow down to get past safely, but now you got to speed up because there's this guy yeah. on you. So he just, he changes everything. One of my favorite things, we were going through the models in this game. Uh, there was like concept art and models you can unlock. <laughs> and I accidentally zoomed in on his face and I left it there and I went to like eat or something and I came back and he was just staring at me and it was very <laughs> creepy. Um, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things about him uh, you're never safe because if you're in a room and he's like above you, you can hear his boot on the ground. Yeah, I mean, yeah, him. it's either above you, next to you, even below you. He he's loud. Like you will hear him, which is also good because that lets you know, like, okay, don't go to the room to your left, right? Yeah. And it, I the feel sound like in this game is so good. It's very good, and you know, if if available, you should definitely play with headphones because I was playing just through a television, so I wasn't able to like hear a surround sound. But definitely play with headphones if you're able to, because you will you will hear things. And that will like help help you like know where you want to go and such. There is one uh, staircase in the game. You go down and it's a dead end. Um, there's a few interesting things about this dead end. Uh, first off, there's a key that you only get if you're playing with Leon. You kept asking me when am I going to get the clover key, and I didn't tell you because you never got it because only Leon gets it. <laughs> um, this room. There's a one-way mirror in it, and you walk into the room, and there's the biggest jump scare in the game as a liquor jumps at you and shatters the whole mirror, and you were scared, and I was terrified the first time that happened to me, if you remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. And now I want to talk about this dead, what's it called? What did I just call it? Uh, you know, this, like, area, right? So you walk down here, and I was playing the first time I was Leon. And I find out it's a dead end, right? I walk back up the stairs, and Mr. X is waiting for me at the top of the stairs, and I die. He punches you, by the way, which is hilarious. Yeah. He doesn't have a weapon. He just socks you in the face. Um, and remember when I told you, uh, you were saying, like, oh, his AI isn't that good. or We were kind of making fun of him because there, there yeah. are some flaws with him. Um, but for the most part, he's very good. Um and I said, like, oh, he's got more in store or something. He never had anything more in no, store for no. me. So what I, what I was trying to say, this never happened to you. So after I died to that time with Leon above the stairs, I started back down. The, I went back down the stairs because I needed something in the room. So I'm expecting the next time to go up the stairs and he's going to be there because that's right. what happened the first time. I swear to God, this never happened to you. I cannot believe this This didn't happen to you. I was walking up the stairs, and he busts through the wall. <laughs> Which, 
You've never even seen him do that. He can bust through the wall. Like, if you remember, Jack did it Resident Evil 7. Yeah. And I was terrified. I died again. I tried it a third time. He didn't show up at all. It's so completely the, random. Yeah. So, again, the I want to talk now about the replayability of the game. Whenever you play this game, new things will happen. One funny thing that happened to us this time... Uh, in the garage, there's a garage section of the game. Mr. X cannot get in there until after you completed the garage. And your back, <laughs> yeah. your back was turned to like the entrance of the garage. And he comes and socks <laughs> me in the back of my head. And we didn't see him. Out it was of the nowhere. Fun, it, like, that's, it was hilarious. Technically, that's not good game design because there was no cue that he was coming. But it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I loved it. It was a. I honestly like you know that scene where like the liquor jumped through there. Like I jumped a bit, dude. I left my chair when he punched me in the back <laughs> of my so head. Funny. Like he I had no idea. Like I had no idea. There was no context clue. There was nothing to go off of until I saw Claire flat on the floor and Mr. X standing over top of me. It was like the scariest thing in the entire game, but also the funniest. Uh, now, I want to talk a bit more about why I like this game, why it's so replayable. I like short games. This game, if you <laughs> first play through, eight hours long. first play through around eight hours, once you nail it, you can beat it in like one to two hours. Yeah, that's true, because I you like know that. where that is. Um, you know where the stuff so is. you have the Leon A, the Leon B, the Claire A, the Claire B, four different playthroughs, very similar, but some things change. It's a short game, so it makes, you know, replayable. It's not like a slog. You right. have PlayStation trophies, which are fun because a lot of times they're like doing side things like beating a boss a different way or something. Yeah. You have in-game records, which are like achievements, but they're expanded and you unlock uh, concept art and models and costumes um, you have rankings. So whenever you beat the game, it'll tell you how good you did. You got to see because you suck. Um, <laughs> Thanks. You get different rankings depending on how fast you beat the game. The best is S plus and you have S to do plus, it like with her without a certain amount of saves as well. Right. S plus you can only save three times. Three. Wow. You need to beat it in two hours. And uh, whenever you, like, get a new ranking, uh, sometimes there are weapons you get with infinite ammo. You can't use those on S+. Oh, okay. And you unlock the best weapons in the game, one for Claire, one for Leon, if you do S+, um, hardcore. Really? Okay. So, basically, you're going to die in one hit, and you can only save using ink ribbons, and there are no auto saves. Yeah, and so you got to beat it in two hours. <laughs> That's way too hard for my and liking. There's a lot more stuff you can do. There's DLC, which I never played. Um, there's like different stories and competition modes. There's so many different ways you can play this game. You can play knife only too, because you get an infinite knife um, from one like the rewards. So you can play with just the knife. Right. You can play, you know. Walking past the liquors, going fast, you depends. You know, you're always trying to beat your score. Yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, that Resident Evil, just like as a franchise, is very good at making replayable games because you're able to like go back through, do stuff that you weren't able to do before, and you know, do it even faster. So I think I definitely think that Resident Evil Two is a very good game for replayability. Ryan, it's three o'clock. We're wrapping up. What was your favorite thing about this game? favorite thing about resident what, evil what are you taking away from it i definitely like the liquors the most the That's blind the most element. random thing you could say no i do i like the mechanic of you have to move slowly because they 
paired with Mr. X were the scariest combination in the entire game because they're the they deal the most damage to you. They're blind. And when you have to avoid somebody who's marching towards you, you have to move fast. So they were probably the scariest and coolest thing in the entire entire game. Interesting. Yeah. The liquors are definitely the best. All right. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Thank you for listening to Games from the Dorm with David Kessler and... Orion Martin. You forgot my name. No, I... What? (laughs) We'll be back next, next week, Wednesday at 2 p.m. Here's more of the biggest and best variety on your 2023 IBS College Media Award nominee for Best College Radio Station in the Nation, 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com.